we wanted to summarize today's message, the message of the readings would be, I think, how to navigate turbulent waters, how to acquire a firm foundation through turbulent times. Maybe as I was reading the gospel, you were, some of you were wondering maybe, why, why is the Lord so stern with the disciples? Why does he rebuke him in, in, in that way because of not having faith? Because after all, it's a bit reasonable to be afraid if you're about to drown on a lake. And it's, it's a normal sentiment in that situation. But I think that the way to read that is that Jesus' rebuke applies not primarily to the situation they were living through, but rather to what the situation symbolizes. It's as if Jesus was already prophetically seeing what was represented in this crossing, and that is the boat of Peter, the boat of the church, navigating through the billows of human history and struggling and the disciples, and us Christians in that situation, getting a bit terrified and anxious and crying out to God, God, why are you not saving us? So his response has to do with this situation that the church is fa faces century after century. So Jesus in the boat could already anticipate that situation the disciples would live after the resurrection and I think they, they, he could listen to them saying, Lord, why have you done this to us? You could have sent us to preach your gospel in a more or less safe environment, in a friendlier culture. You could have left us within Israel or Galilee. But why send us out to this crazy Roman Empire with all this pluralism of all the ideas you can imagine. Everything goes. But don't cross Romans when you th seem to threaten their core values because they won't forgive you for that. And it was true. The disciples had to face, as an early church, a very, you know, a mix of different philosophies and religions, but also very strict, very stern persecution. They were put to death uh, over different periods. One of the fiercest moments of persecution was in the years 202 and 3, in the time of Emperor Decius. And we can imagine the disciples crying out to God in that situation. Lord, don't you care that we are perishing? And all of a sudden, it began as a rumor in some places, and then it spread and it was confirmed that the Emperor Constantine had become a Christian himself. And in the year 313, he decreed the end of persecution. So after the great storm, there was calm, and the waves of the sea were hushed. So someone might think, you know, well, true, you know, all that struggle with Romans must have been tough, but it feels like a Charlton Heston movie. It's already behind us. We already evolved beyond all that. And, and the idea of navigating storms, that may be good for people who are struggling, but I'm okay, I'm, I'm fine, I don't think I need that. And to that I would respond, well, look again. Because there, there is no perfect stability in this world. The time of turmoil wasn't only the first centuries of Christianity, it's, this is recurring. It's part of the human condition, I would say. The, the peace of Constantine was only momentary. Other kinds of struggles would soon hit the church and hit 
humanity. I mean, take a look at even our own generation. Many of us here lived through the end of the Cold War. And there were great hopes at the time that that would usher a new era of peace and less tension. And yet, a few years later, you had this new wave of terrorism and, and all this you know, resurgence of social conflicts. And it seems that it never ends. We're just coming out of the latest storm, all this pandemic. So perfect, perfect calm and perfect stability are, I would say, beyond our reach in this life, in this world. So to that complaint of the disciples, why did you send us out, Lord? Why didn't you leave us in this safe haven? Jesus would say, there's no safe haven in this world. That can last only for a time, but eventually you'll have to face struggles. So don't, don't be, be frustrated with me if I send you out to face some battles. That's your situation in this world. I, I think someone who captured this idea very well in, a, in one of the novels was Tolkien. When he, in The Lord of the Rings, remember when Gandalf, at the beginning of the book, was trying to convince Frodo, Frodo to go forth. Hey, we have to undertake this mission. We have to bear the ring and bring it to its destruction. And Frodo was a bit hesitant initially. He said, well, the Shire is so tranquil and beautiful and quaint. Why do you want me to leave this place into this world of, in turmoil, in war? And Gandalf said, Frodo, don't deceive yourself. If you don't take up your mission, the evils you see out there will come. They will invade the Shire. So you're not just safe by not facing these battles. It's, involves the whole world. I think the message the Lord wants to convey to us is not to seek our stability in some thing of this world, in some institution or movement or philosophy. In the moving oceans of this life, the most stable thing there is, is where Christ is, is where the will of Christ is found. As we said in the opening prayer, the firm foundation of your love when you're standing and walking in God's love, that's when you are unconquerable. That's what you, when you don't sink. That's the firm foundation. It's clinging to, to Him. It's clinging to Christ. So that's the ultimate foundation. But in practical terms, what can we do? Maybe are there steps we can take? Let me break it down in three things that I'd like to share. The first thing to do to be more prepared to navigate turbulent, turbulent waters is get serious about faith. Make your connection with God solid enough that you can build on it. If it's simply something on the sidelines, it won't be enough. You have to bring your faith, your connection with Christ to a, to a, a central place in your heart and in your soul. You know, we are children of a secular culture. And so we always have this secular gene in our thinking that tells us, well, faith is very nice. Yeah, it's very inspiring. You go there on Sunday and you get uplifted. But in real life, it doesn't work. You know, faith doesn't solve anything. That's kind of the faithless mentality we're surrounded with by. And so, so the Lord would say to us, why don't you have faith in me? 
Of course I can change things in your life. Of course I can change the face of society. Trust me. Do you really think that just your own powers, your own ingenuity can save you? As I was saying, you know, ultimate answers and predictability are beyond our human powers. Our souls are too compromised for that. So we need to begin by asking the Holy Spirit, increase my faith. I need to make, take my faith seriously. The second thing that we can do is to seek to have more discipline. Cultivate discipline in your life. Yes, it's unrealistic to expect stability from external circumstances, but our human hearts need some form of stability. We need some predictable rhythm. And discipline can help a lot with that. Develop a sort of steady rhythm of life and things that you do on a weekly or on a daily basis. I think a great, something that helps a lot to cultivate discipline is to do it together with others, to be accountable to other people. So if you struggle with discipline, seek some bodies that you can walk along with. Maybe someone that you decide to wake, wake up early every morning and go for a walk together or work out together or someone that you can start a book club with or, or go, come to Sunday Mass together or volunteer in our organization. Whatever it is, find that body and start to bring some discipline into your life because we need that minimum predictability. And this point doesn't go against faith, obviously. You know, discipline is just a human tool, but it needs faith as a foundation. And the third point, invest in relationships, especially in those that bring out the best from you. Invest in relationships. You know, I don't want this message of navigating turbulent times to be a discouraging one, like we shouldn't try anything then, we're gonna sink. No. Um, what I think, what it means, I think, from the Lord is don't place your ultimate reliance on human projects. But cultivate, but, you know, you may not be able to change the social landscape completely, but you can cultivate your own garden. You can generate a difference where you are. And especially you can generate a difference in your own soul and those around you. I love that passage in Jeremiah when the Lord says, they are in the middle of the siege of the Chaldeans. The city of Jerusalem is about to fall, to be conquered by these you know, cruel troops. And, and God says to Jeremiah, go and buy the field of so-and-so. He could have said, well, Lord, we're, we're about to be conquered. What are you talking about, buying a field? He says, Jeremiah, go and buy the field. He does. He gathers the money, signs the documents. And I think it's that prophetic sign, that powerful reminder that no matter what's going on around you, the mark of saints is to continue building the kingdom where they are at. So let me finish with a story. Hopefully I can do it quickly here, but I recently, I was in Argentina a few weeks ago, and this man is a great friend of the society, uh, was telling his testimony. I call him Peter for the sake of this story. So Peter is a lawyer in the Buenos Aires metro area. He was a Catholic with his wife and five children. And one day they invite him to Alpha. He says, I don't think I need Alpha. I'm a pretty good Catholic. And, but they, they said, oh, this is really good. So he decides to give it a try. And a few weeks into it, he loves it. He's growing his faith. He develops his friendships. His wife starts to grow a lot in, his in her faith. And so one day he comes, she comes to him and says, uh, 
Peter, what do you think about being foster parents? I heard read about this and saw the face of these kids, and I can, I, we have to do something. And he said, Anne, you kidding me? I don't even want to have a dog because I dread the moment that the dog dies. You want me to have a kid for five months to a year? But she insisted, and finally, Peter gave in and said, okay, we'll be foster parents. And it happened once, and the first kid had HIV, and, and then that was so, such a difficult thing for him, but he was crying in the crib. But it was such a moving experience, uh, child after child. They had already like nine or so over the years. Eventually, um, later on in his growth, a, a friend of his told him, Peter, um, it would be great to do prison ministry. If you jump in with me, I, I think I'll do it. He says, you're crazy, I won't do that. And he says, no, I think you should give it a try. It's not that. So eventually he says yes and starts going. He says, I had all this prejudice against people in prison. But then I went there and started to listen to their stories. And it was eye-opening. And it was amazing to me, he says, how much I began to love these guys. They had been badly hit by so many things. And God placed me there to love them, to show them a, a face of mercy. I, I who didn't have any mercy for them before that. And he was, so Peter was sharing all these things with me and said, you know, I thought I had it all. I had my family, my job, my faith. But when God challenged me to go into the lake, when I was invited to Alpha, and then to be a foster dad, and then to be, do prison ministry, it's as if Jesus would push me further into more and more storms. But it was so eye-opening. It's like my soul expanded. And now I'm a different man than I was 10 years ago. I couldn't be this person I am right now if Jesus hadn't challenged me to go into deeper waters. And I think often Jesus wants us to do that. He, he wants us to invest in relationships, cultivate our garden, and even challenge us to go for more, to you know, reach out to others, start initiatives that build community, Start a family if God has blessed you with the opportunity of doing that. Get serious about faith. Seek discipline. Invest in relationships. May we pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of faith. We thank you for you have set us on the firm foundation of your love. You're the one who has become our strength. You can hash the storms around us. You can also send us to deeper waves and areas. You can challenge us that we may grow through that battle. So give us a deeper faith in you, Lord. We ask also that today you may bless all fathers in this community, in our country, in our world. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.